0: Hello and welcome to Simply Technical. Got a new guest, uh, one of Keaton and I's friends. Uh, Like I said, I'm Evan and this is Keaton. Uh, We're your hosts, as it always is. And we're going to continue what we talked about kind of last week of medical, uh, just the subject of medical, the medical field, um, whether it's diseases or innovations. Um, Dave here is in med school right now. Um, and what kind of doctor do you want to be, Dave, if you know?
1: So I'm thinking about doing something with surgery, but I really I, I've just started med school, and so it's really hard to say right off the bat what you want to go into. So a lot of people change their mind along the way. So having like a set idea from the get-go could lead you to some disappointment and really kind of close some doors that you might want to leave open. So I'm, I'm kind of leaving the door open at this point.
0: That's good because you don't want to say, okay, this is what I want to be. And then when, oh, I didn't know about that. And now I kind of set myself up for the wrong path, I guess. Is that kind of what you're saying?
1: Yeah. Or just, you know, maybe maybe I, I decided I want to focus in really hard on on neuro, neurosurgery, which some people might do that. Um, and then, you know, I, I miss out on opportunities to look at other things like pediatrics that really I would have been happier doing pediatrics but I just said I'm not even going to look at I'm that I'm not yeah. even going to explore that this might be something that would be fun for me and then later in life looking I could look back and say well I wish I would have looked at it because I hate my job now
0: well, let's hope you don't hate your job um
1: burnout rate is about 50 percent per position so
2: that's ridiculous it's very high that's ridiculous why do they ever talk about that at med school like what they can do to change it and
1: they, they do talk about it a lot. It's, there's, it's a really complex issue. Um, people, a lot of people have just really high expectations, what they're going to do. And we're really un- unrealistic, not knowing what the field's going to be like. Um, and I think a lot of it is just being really idealistic and thinking, you know, this is how my patients are going to be. If they're going to respond really well to the way that I yeah. want to treat them. Yeah. Um, yeah. and then you, really just don't get to the root cause of a lot of issues for a lot of people. But but then there's this other issue of a lot of our best medical interventions don't save don't help very many people. Which is something I mean, learned. That? Well <laughs> here we go. We jumped into a topic.
3: <laughs> <laughs> That's good. That's what we want. That's what we want. Yeah.
1: So something that I learned about early on that I didn't really know, I didn't have a background in medicine in undergrad. I was actually an electrical engineering major. So I know a tiny bit about that world as well. And I also know about changing your mind halfway through, which is why I'm leaving more doors open (laughs) (laughs) on this path. But something that I've learned about really early on with with pharmaceuticals is there's this aspect that they call number needed to treat.
2: Have you heard about? I don't think I've heard of that.
1: So it's, if you ever read a a study about, let's just, they call them like an evidence-based practice. Oh yeah, yeah. So most of them, if you look, and you'll go back and see this if you ever revisit one, but they will have the name of the medication, uh, what it treats, and then they'll say number needed to treat of X. It will be, it's usually, good ones are five. What that means is with that intervention, if you treat five people for it, it's gonna fix one person. Oh my gosh! <laughs> and that's a really good number needed. Treatment.
2: And this is a pharmaceutical, or is this a surgery based?
1: Actually, any approach—it could be any um, medicine or surgery, or even just exposure. So if you, well, actually, what they would call it. So you'd have a—you could have the by the same mathematics, you could find number needed to harm for something yeah, like smoking. Yeah, yeah. So if you avoid smoking, if a hundred people avoid smoking, you save, you know. A lot of
2: them, actually. Yeah, but, yeah. So that's a bad example. Whatever, probably you, odds of lung cancer.
1: Yeah. The number needed to harm of smoking is actually really low. So if you probably, honestly, two two people smoking, one of them is going to have a really bad problem
3: from it.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. So, but that, I guess, is that in, how do I say this? So I know when it comes to pharmaceuticals that it is extremely rigorous to get through mm-hmm. the FDA. Mm-hmm. Um, but in that aspect like in the fi- the idea of 5 people and only one needs to a 20% mm-hmm. success rate that doesn't really make sense. How how do they these drugs get through the FDA if the guidelines are so rigorous?
1: Well, there's a few aspects of that as well. So one of them would be we have nothing else to treat something. Yeah. And the more yeah. severe of a problem it is, the more likely it is to get through with a number you yeah. need to treat of 100. Yeah. Of chemotherapy, for instance, just because it, it treats something terminal, you might as well put it through, even though it's going to hurt a, a lot of people and it's right. not going to work on many of them. Yeah, sadly. that's true.
2: That makes sense. Um,
1: and actually something about that, we we have a professor at med school who has a doctorate in biochem. Really? and. So, she had told us the other day that when you're looking at basic science, the basic science that we're working on now, those are the medication uh, targets that are going to be around in 30 years from now. Yes. Yeah. So she said she she has actually heard a specialty in protein folding. Oh, okay. And the things that they were working on in the 80s are just rolling out yep. now. Yep. So, and that she was on the cutting edge of yep. back then. So.
0: That takes a long time. Goodness, yeah. but,
2: but what if it follow? What if we uh, follow Moore's law and eventually we're just pumping out, pumping out new technologies? Because I, I guess to explain, it's it's like the exponential growth of technology. So as you discover more technology, that new technology helps you push through newer technologies faster, and so on and so on. I is that I, similar for medicine, or or do you think that's it's more of like a a linear equation? It's
1: probably that's. It's probably gonna have a big effect because we're just now getting into, for DNA sequencing, for instance. Yeah. We just got like a full genome. What In the early 2000s? 2000s. Yeah. And so with the technology, with that is is advancing so fast, just due to new algorithms and computers. I mean, we've only had computers since the 70s. Yeah. And so we're talking. She had even from her observation, that was kind of her observation with the 30 year thing.
2: I believe that's that. probably I different I one hundred percent believe that too, yeah. as well, though.
1: But I mean, since she was started in the eighties, computers were started in the seventies. They were pretty useless at yeah. the time, <laughs> Yep. <laughs> Comparatively speaking, yep. <laughs> but then, now with advanced algorithms, as long as we can,
2: it's new AI and
1: figure things out. If we can figure out the software, we have the
2: we have the hardware science, capabilities. The I would,
1: and and we do have the biology. I think, but
2: but that's. To me, that's like a big hole in research. It's like this idea, like people are discovering stuff at at an alarming rate, but there's no one that's like at the the or not no one, but there's very few scientists that are taking these discoveries and then putting them into practice. It's all these I mean, it's they only take the the I guess the high likelihood success ones rather than the lower Right. And, ones and, right. and I feel like there's a lot of missed opportunities with new drugs and new new treatments when it comes to that kind of stuff.
1: Well, and that's the other problem is that with rare diseases, if you have and a rare disease is considered something where less than 100,000 people in the United States are affected. Yeah. That's a lot of people. That could be yeah. a lot of people with those diseases, 100,000 people. But you're rarely going to have a, unless it's something simple that you can fix, which yeah. it's I don't think it ever is. Yeah.
0: Not anymore. The simple ones have been found. Yeah. Yeah. For the most part. I mean,
1: I don't know. Yeah, I think there's a lot sometimes. of
2: very, very simple, huge diseases that we can't figure out yet, or, or we figured them out, but we haven't been able to implement a treatment.
0: So what what kind of diseases would that be?
2: That, that would be kind of like I don't know if anyone listened to the last podcast, but the big three the, the cancer, cardiovascular, and uh, neurodegenerative. I'd say cardiovascular and neurodegenerative or cardiovascular predominantly is
0: simple or not
2: simple it's complicated but it's not quite as complex as the others i think because cancer's different with everyone and then neurodegenerative Mm -hmm. we still are having a hard time understanding because first off it's hard to cross the Mm -hmm. blood-brain barrier and as it is but and the brain is just so dang complex (laughs) (laughs) i mean i think we've had like we've had multiple multiple drugs fail for alzheimers and and i think mm-hmm. if they had any sort of uh, efficiency and effectiveness we they would have been pushed throughs but so it's kind of mind blowing that probably dozens of drugs have failed to do anything
1: and the and that's because they they don't know the mechanism really of alzheimers yeah. and we're
2: yeah.
1: we're looking at that right right now in class some lectures and the lectures half the time they're saying and we don't know why that is, and and really, so what the definition of Alzheimer's? Do do you happen to you? It, it's probably useless knowledge, but so the definition is is this dementia with amyloid plaques present yes, in yeah. certain parts of the yeah. brain, and so amyloid plaques that would be these misfolded proteins that get aggregated um, all into your neurons, and since neurons are one cell that doesn't ever reproduce, really, it doesn't yeah. divide. Like your skin cells, for instance, you get new skin cells all the time, but your neurons are pretty much there. Yeah. So when a neuron dies, it's gone. Um and so really that makes your neurons more susceptible to this misfolding problem. And really a lot of problems. So a lot of when you have malnur- when you're malnourished, for instance. Yeah. The first thing you'd notice in a lot of patients, the thiamine, for instance, is B vitamin B. 12. Mm-hmm. Is that I growth? think it's B one actually. B one, okay. But you'll you'll notice um, neurological symptoms really fast just because these are some kind of susceptible cells in your body. What was the question? <laughs>
2: it was mo- well. It was. I mean, you kind of answered, or it was more of just like a discussion. On what Alzheimer's is and yeah. how how do we treat it? Yeah, and I like I kind of could go off that a little bit because sure. the whole amyloid hypothesis has seemed to fail when it comes to right. treatments. We, we we've taken out the plaques, but it doesn't reverse. It doesn't reverse Alzheimer's, which is mind blowing because there's no we haven't found any other mm-hmm. correlate correlations. Right. So it's not the causative. It's weird. Case of Alzheimer's. And that's
1: actually what I was getting at. <laughs>
2: Before oh, yeah. I lost my train of thought, <laughs> yeah. is that yeah.
1: <laughs> is that really you see amyloid plaques build up before you see any neurodegeneration. Like yeah. years before.
2: Yeah. Decades before even. So it's kinda like the whole like um the gosh dang it, the the Cholesterol and LDL building up in the arteries yeah. from mm-hmm. as soon as you're like twelve or something, and it just—it's yeah, now we're—it's yeah. us. Ever, <laughs>
1: <laughs> this is the only time we can really do yeah. thing about it in our lives. It's almost like, sadly
2: to me. It's just like a uh, a timescale thing. Like it's inevitable. Mm-hmm. But how do you slow that process down? And and that's kind of I mean you prolong
0: the, when it's going to happen. Yeah, yeah. It's the
2: idea of aging, right? which is i think is almost every disease I, out of the big th- not every disease but all of the big 3 that kill people is is how do you slow these inevitable the inevitable cancer the inevitable neurodegenerative <laughs> and cardiovascular disease
1: well it's and that's a complicated question as well because what you would think is avoid stress at all costs yeah because really we're talking about these diseases they're pretty much all caused by problems that are going to develop later in life due to your DNA replication causing something goes wrong, and you get a mutation and then and then you have a, a clotting problem. so now yeah. you're building up more plaque in your arteries and getting a uh, cardiovascular disease um, or with the the amyloid plaques that we're not sure what that is, but we're pretty sure it's just some late late yeah. stage um, genetic problem that just starts to aggregate as you aggregate more mutations or whatever is happening makes you and wonder genetics.
2: makes you wonder what like the evolutionary purpose of these mechanisms were because they're almost as always there's like a a protective function being served by most things in the body but it's like when that protective function is overexpressed is whenever you start to get these uh diseases present such as inflammation like every single Big disease is related to inflammation in, in some mm-hmm. ways. Yep, the yep. big double edged sword of our human biology. Cancer.
1: Yeah, all of them, yeah. <laughs> and also strong correlations to type two diabetes.
2: Really? Insulin resistance. I didn't. I didn't realize that. Both are
1: highly correlated. Okay. So, but
2: well, what's knows? what came first, the <laughs> the chicken or the egg, <laughs> when it comes to that kind of stuff? And
1: who knows? But could be all three. Yeah. Um, but back to what you're saying about the protective functions. So the pro- we know the protective functions of inflammation, obviously, whenever you get a splinter in your finger, yeah, you have, it has some kind of virus on it. Your body can isolate and get rid of it through the inflammation. Chronic inflammation is weirder. Yeah. Cause it's a different, it's different mechanisms. It's yeah. a totally different system. Uh, but it does work in like healing
2: there's a healing process term, to
1: it. Uh, yeah. And less efficient healing, more scarring,
2: fibrosis, oh, which is what... Bad, bad, bad healing. Bad news. Healing. <laughs> bad news. Um,
1: and that's what would cause all the pain in your joints. Yeah. So you have this chronic inflammation, but it's really a different response than when you have an acute... Which just means fat, like it sets on yeah. all of a sudden, sort of, I'm an acute infection. Um, so we know the defense mechanism of that. We... We don't really know the defense mechanism of telomeres. Yeah. For aging. Yeah. Unless, do you know that? I. You happen to have a theory? Well. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I don't know. My theory is uh, that telomeres are the whole telomere shortening thing is kind of a, a. My theory is that once the telomeres are completely shortened, well, that it happens because at at that point you're probably uh not able to reproduce. So what's the point of you being on hmm. on Earth as an evolution yeah. from an evolutionary mechanism.
1: And you're using up resources as an yeah, older as an person. older person.
2: But yeah. then on the other side of that the flip <laughs> side of that argument, humans are different than other species because we are so tight knit. We have the family mm-hmm. units. So it's important to have older people. So you know it it there's you can make the same evolutionary argument from both sides. So it's still, to me, it, it, I don't want to. From an emotional
0: day. standpoint, you you want that person there, obviously. Yeah. Right. But from, from a, a, a survival, survival of the fittest standpoint.
2: Yeah, but yeah. not everything survival in the fittest because there's there would be no such thing as um, uh, what is the word for whenever you are kind with without a reciprocation. The altruism. Altruism. There would be. What's the point of altruism outside right. of, uh, I guess ulterior motives
1: it would be to help more members of your species reproduce as a competitive factor against other species okay maybe yeah Yeah. yeah, that's possible
2: that's possible possible. but what were you going to say about telomeres shortening
1: well i think what we were talking about is more interesting but (laughs) no 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 no. well let's go on (laughs) (laughs) i
2: can i can go on about about the whole evolutionary dynamic Um. So, so there's like this, there's this, uh, this, um, thought experiment with, with altruism. So, so people can say, see so people, most people who are extreme evolutionary biologists say altruism is there because we all have uh, ulterior motives. So the people that are like survival of the fittest, well, you're only being altruistic is because there is a part of you that realizes your altruism is going to. Uh, cause you to get something better. So people, so like when people donate to uh political candidates, they're only doing it because that political candidate can is gonna be them some push pull. Yeah. But the political the candidate doesn't have to do anything. So it's it's a can be kind of considered an altruistic, a donation is an altruistic, uh, move, but without reciprocation, or but in that in that context, you're expecting some sort of reciprocation. The most evolutionary stringent evolutionary people are like well that's what all altruism is and so I was like I was thinking about it one day like what about people who donate anonymously what how does that how does that work with those with those people's ideas of of altruism and and evolution it doesn't to me I've never been able to make make sense of that it's kind of see it seems like there's something deeper about why we do good things I
0: mean I guess in some instances you get a good feeling of it makes you feel good that you like if you donated anonymously to a charity yeah and you didn't do it for tax purposes you just did it just did it for just for did it you. for for you because you it makes you feel good I mean that's that would be another yeah the, uh,
1: good feelings so like a, could be a biological mechanism yes and mm-hmm. the, so like would be some sort of and, and maybe all that was is to give you that good feeling the biological mechanism to give you the good feeling so that because your body knows more than you that more often than not, altruism is reciprocated. Yeah. And,
2: or good that karma. It's getting kind of weird. Yeah. It's, weird. it's, it's, it's getting a lot of, out of we're, we're a almost, abstract. Almost in Sam Harris's uh, uh, no uh, free will idea right there. <laughs> oh, gosh. That's a tough one. Yeah. Have
1: you I, ever. Oh, this is a, a really hard. For some people, discussion. I mean, not not like it's going to make Sad. you emotional. But, um, I a question for you guys to to determine a test to determine if you believe in free will. If I took an exact clone of you right now and sat you across the table from from that clone, so so the clone that would be they have all of your thoughts and memories, everything you up have to that on, point, up to that all point. your exact same molecules in your cells. Up to yeah. that point. Mm-hmm. And you, you're facing each other in a symmetrical room. Could you beat yourself in a
0: fight?
2: <laughs> well.
0: You want to go? I, yeah, no, go you go first. Okay, you, you well, go. I was just going to say, I mean, obviously, I'm biased towards myself. Even though that person <laughs> is exactly me, I'm biased towards myself. So, yeah, I'd win. Um, but, I mean, it's not like you, I guess, you could you knock each other out? I mean... Yeah, and so It'd and if you did, then you couldn't
1: f- beat. I I would count that as a tie. So I would
0: say no, you didn't beat yourself. Yeah, so.
2: So if yourself is yourself, then who's really winning? <laughs> All right, we're gonna end it here, guys. <laughs> Thanks for tuning <tweeting>. in. <laughs> I have some things to think about. <laughs>
0: um, I mean, I'm like I said, I'm biased towards myself, so I'm like, oh yeah, I could beat anybody in a fight, but.
3: <laughs> uh, <laughs> but I know
0: realistically I couldn't. Um, I mean, I would think it'd be a tie, like, I mean, statistically, but I mean, somebody would have to win. I mean, I guess you have luck on one side, like one side would end up being luckier and just in an our RNG kind of situation. So that sounds like you don't believe in free will, but so I, if,
1: I guess it depends. Believe. Well, so do you think the RNG, the random number generator? Yeah. Is uh would that be in your own mind or would that be in... So, so if, cause it's if just like was, a lucky
0: yeah. shot. I mean, if you, fought, I, I think if say you fought against yourself ten times evenly. Sure. I feel like you would five, win five, five times.
2: Yeah, that makes sense. And the yeah. other
0: per, the your clone would win five times.
2: Interesting.
1: Because well, I'll, what I was saying though about the Does random that beat, that beat
0: your your test. <laughs> no, no, that, that means oh, you I'm do. So I
1: think you do believe in free will in that case.
0: Because I mean, if it was just like one fight, I mean, it just mm-hmm, I would yeah. think that RNG would. Somebody has to win, and I mean, I don't think, how often do people knock each other out in a fight? I don't think that happens very often. If you both just swing at the same time, both right-handed, and you knocked each other out, I feel like, there's, see, the human error would come into effect in that. Sure, yeah, so the, I guess. One of you would make a mistake. If one one of you made a
1: mistake, then you have free will.
0: Yes. One One, of you would make a mistake, and somebody would have to win.
2: I 100% believe the same thing. Okay. I don't, I, mean, I, 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 th- I don't know. Maybe I don't know if will, I just flip
0: flopped on that, but no, no, that that's I'd exactly like
2: definitely believe in free will, but there, I'm not educated enough to make like a, a strong philosophical argument about it. And mm-hmm. that's actually something I kind of want to like read more about in a couple months.
0: Maybe we'll have a podcast about it
2: eventually. Once I, yeah. once I we'll watch.
0: ask the exact same question in a couple months.
2: Do it. Wait. What? So what would you say?
1: I don't know.
3: <laughs> That's,
1: <laughs> That's why, why I was like, asking, Keaton. Come on,
0: like I, I can't tell. I, I think
1: I do believe in free will, in that sense. So, so I guess I do believe there is some kind of random number generator in your head that would allow you to make two different decisions, yeah, in the same situation. So, I really think I do believe that one yeah. one of myself would win that fight, yeah, um, because we'd make a different decision in the in the moment. Part even, of me almost even thinks, when faced with the exact same stimuli.
2: Yeah, part of me thinks that a portion of free will is emotion sort of like that's why we almost have emotion because if we were purely like instinctual like like, do animals have free will like the lizard Russell yesterday it almost (laughs) like it's just it's just neurons firing it has no emotions (laughs) it almost seems like like that lower level system doesn't have have a say in what they're doing it's just all instincts but there's like a component of emotion in humans that most of the species don't have or we are fully developed at mm-hmm. and it really makes no sense why we would why we would have emotions outside of bonding with children and family. Oh so, my okay,
1: ahead.
2: I was just
0: gonna say other than so what like say in a zoo atmosphere. Yeah. You have those same animals, but say they're a race in captivity. Mm-hmm. They have completely different instincts. Is that because they were just born in captivity? Or do they still have the exact same instincts?
2: They still have the exact same instincts, but they're not as honed because as as soon as you release them into the wild, most of them will die. (laughs) So
0: I was thinking, so when I hunt, I I like to hunt, I hunt deer. Um, When you're in the wild and you're hunting a deer, say you're just sitting on the ground somewhere and a deer, you make a movement, it's going to run away. Yeah. But near where I used to hunt, they have a fence of animals like or not i say animals of deer just there the deer will walk up to you and and let you feed them yeah is that instincts of i want food or because they normally they're scared of you but
2: yeah i guess I, okay so this isn't something i've like thought about i'm kind yeah. of just doing it on the fly right now that's how our podcasts <laughs> so, so yeah <laughs> so fear is an instinct and but you can a, overcome that, I guess. There's a suppression of fear with those sort of animals, and they don't, under, they don't understand. Also, I think they're more high. They're mammals, so they're more highly evolved, especially with the brains. I don't know if like a lizard would ever, ever really be comfortable, eventually with humans. It's kind of so, just like.
0: So I watch a YouTube channel. What's it, What's it called? Chandler's Wildlife or something like that and he has a bunch of snakes. Yeah. I don't like snakes, but for whatever reason I like to watch. Maybe it's cuz I'm on the edge of is he going to get bit? Is he going to get bit? Yeah. Um, but he has snakes and they still he has them in captivity. Some of yeah. them some of them he got from captivity and others he's caught in the wild or somebody caught in the wild and he bought from. A lot of those snakes still have those instincts. Like if they're caught in the wild, they're still hostile towards him. He still has to be careful. Yeah. But like snakes that he Bought so, like, he has a couple, I think, green anacondas that he just got from captivity, like weeks old, like a yeah. week old. He can, like, pick them up and, like, have no worries about them. Like, I mean, they're constrictors, but not that they're poisonous. Um, so he doesn't have to be as careful, but they're so docile. And I don't know if that's just because they're born in oh, captivity it, or,
2: yeah, that I mean, if because that's they're
0: that's a lower that, that's not a mammal, that's a lower species, yeah, like a lizard. Yeah, yeah. So the ones caught out in the wild. He, especially in the beginning, he has to be very careful with them mm. because he doesn't know how they'll react. They're, they have different, almost moods, not that they have their own personality. Yeah. I mean, some do just because of their experiences, but I'll, I'll, most of them act the same way. Hmm. So
1: the ones that are raised in captivity are always born more docile.
0: I don't know about always in this case for these most green the Anacondas. Um,
2: Cause I don't have to kill to survive, I guess anacondas yeah or or like if they're the snakes yeah
0: they just get fed food and they kill it there yeah um i don't know i just thinking about because that's a lower i guess evolved species even though it's probably been
2: yeah but the the (laughs) basic functions are like fear survival survival if you're out in the wild you are going to kill to survive if you're not you don't need to you don't need that so you kind of just expect yeah cuz i'm if
0: those were to get i don't know about the ones captured in the wild and then brought into captivity but the ones born in captivity i think would just die yeah cuz they can't they're not you know, hunting they, they can't they can't hunt yeah they still he still like he has tongs and he feeds them like they still bite and constrict to kill it yeah with that that instinct but they don't necessarily know how to track or yeah. I don't know if that raises we're questions or concerns. Well, <laughs> yeah, we're on a whole tangent, yeah. but I,
1: I have some interesting. I feel like there's a couple possible mechanisms for that. One would be kind of the adaptation of your of the snake in this instance is like senses. So, like your for our eyes, when we go into a really bright room, you know, pupils get constricted, get smaller, mm-hmm. and we don't take in as much light. Um, and, but, and what that looks like for us is it goes from, we can't, it's blinding to, oh, it's normal now. And if we go into a dark room, they get bigger and we can see after a few minutes. So in that same way, if you're, if you look at the same, you know, gray background for a really long time, um, that gray background. And which is what we we do a lot of the time like on sheets on of papers, a white background. We don't we ignore the white background, and we only focus just the way our brains work. Mm-hmm. Exactly the the important details. So when a snake grows up around a human, it, it they ignores might, that exactly. They might they they're used to this stimulus, so it doesn't affect them in the same. It doesn't give them the same. Maybe the first time it, may, it freaks them out. The second time it freaks them out a little less. The third time it freaks them out not at all. It's a, almost a learned behavior of yeah yeah. yeah. But
0: it's some funny. of them. He's still – he has had – I think there's a King Cobra on there he's had for 12, 15 years. Hmm. And maybe it's not a King Cobra. Anyways, he has had a steak for a really long time. And he still is careful because it's yeah. poisonous. And um I, I think it does have lear- – it's learned that this guy is not going to try and kill me. Sure. um mm-hmm. But it's at the same time this guy feeds me. Yeah. so <laughs>
1: yeah, they could – it's hard to say if they could be that smart enough to – Distinguish, and they probably
0: are. I mean, so he also has a, a alligator, he has or a crocodile, one of the, whichever one, and he always makes a sound before he feeds it to teach it that yeah. it's yeah. almost like what was that a psychology uh, have love the where dog. he rings the bell, yeah, yeah and the rings dog salivates the dog. exactly, yeah. So he has that kind of sense with those alligators, and Keaton, you are right, we're on a very far tangent, but nope. Yep. <laughs> um, I'm here. the other
1: the other possible thing that we've learned about that real respect to Keaton, would be epigenetics. Yeah. So imprinting of genes. So yep. imprinting, we, we pass our genetic information through just the nucleotide sequences, which is the DNA itself, but we also pass it through which genes were activated in your parents. Yeah. So and your mom might have shut off a certain gene due to some adapt- adaptation. And so a baby's born with that gene shut off
2: or on. Yep. It's so I love I love epigenetics. I, I The idea that your skin cells and the cells in your eyes have the exact same genomic information of the exact same DNA, but the way that they're repressed and expressed is what differentiates them. And I think that's like really the key to a lot of saving ourselves from a lot of diseases because it's almost like the, an idea that you could reset this biological clock on a lot of diseases because surely in in uh the neurons something is off with the epigenetics whenever there is uh uh like a feedback loop of creation of of the plaques sure. that cause alzheimer's so sure. there's got to be something misfolded misexpressed and when we can figure out how to do that and differentiate mm-hmm. and control epigenetics i think we really take out a lot of
1: diseases and they're Working on it, yeah. With the, uh, and this might be too boring. But no, 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 I love this crap. <laughs> with histone histone modification, yeah. Um, you can acetylate or methylate, methylate. histones, and that both of those the, the acetylation pretty much always opens up, if I remember correctly, the DNA. So yeah, it'd be you would open up more genes, or it'd be more likely to be transcribed. But with methylation, it, I believe it can either open or close. Yeah. So
2: mostly closed, I think, but in some cases it's
1: well there's there is the two different methylations. Oh the really DNA I... methylation is yeah, the DNA yeah. methylation itself always silences. Always silences. It's, it's, they call it irreversible with always with quotes because they don't know they yeah, you probably you can't, can't always say
2: always yeah. you can <laughs> never say always or never in biology. Yep. <laughs> That's interesting.
0: So that turning are you talking about turning genes on and off, I guess? Mm-hmm. Yeah so I saw this was a long time ago they were doing kind of turning genes on and off and it was almost like dinosaur research but with chickens because oh, yeah. chickens chickens don't have feathers on their legs their scales oh yeah yes yeah. so, and so they can like it, this is way beyond me but they can turn that gene on to continue to make feathers for the legs so you yeah, have chickens yeah it's with, like
2: the yeah. same the different differentiation of our skin cells whenever you are uh, forming as an embryo, the, mm-hmm. the differentiation of your different organ systems. And it's, I mean, it's fascinating. It shows how complex, like, we really are whenever you think about how uh, in tune everything is as it's forming, and especially in in the womb. It's, um, dang it, I, I lost my train of thought. So, well, well how far...
0: Yeah. <laughs> When will that be will that ever go to human trials in that that kind of sense? That's that's probably like a like playing god kind of
2: I don't think it's like playing god. I think if especially from a religious perspective like God gave us the ability to do all these free things will, so or if you believe in free will. And free will. Yeah, yeah sure. I believe in free will completely yeah. because of that. But we had the ability to do this. It's not like it's not like it's the
0: eleventh commandment. Thou shalt Thou not. Thou shalt not edit thirteen genes. <laughs>
2: <centuries." laughs> um, but the, I I don't know. Have they talked to you more about like trials with actual uh, changing the expression and repression of? Sure.
1: Um, he, well, so not really on the differentiation thing. So, like, I don't think they've tried really to like turn us fully.
0: Put an eyeball on your on your arm. Exactly. I don't think
1: they've done that, and and in fact, they actually tell us that you can't. They tell us that you can't. I and you You
2: can't do it on in vivo, but you can definitely take a skin cell and change it into a cardiomyocyte in a tube. And and that's what they say you can't do that. Yeah.
1: But I guess you probably can. But anyways,
0: they probably uh, just want to discourage it.
1: Well, (laughs) it would be really hard and probably not make much sense. (laughs) Yeah. Most of the time, but your body does that automatically. Um, Certain cells, like in in smokers the lining of their trachea actually changes to a different form of cell that's more robust because they're just exposed to stress all the time. Um, and that's, but the way that it does that is by ch- changing the stem cells in your yeah. in the epithelial tissue. So
2: Yeah, so it's not really like, like this idea is not, um, we don't want to different, if there's a disease, we don't want to differentiate our neurons into something else. We, it needs to stay a neuron. Yeah. It's just like, mm-hmm. what is the function of this neuron that is off? That we need to change that function. How do we personalize this? Because it's different in almost everyone. There's not, there's not going to be a universal uh, uh, disease set. It's always going to be different. We can look at like what microRNAs are overexpressed in this individual and how do we knock those out or how do we bring the other microRNAs up. And there's a lot of other mechanisms. MicroRNA is kind of the only one I'm, I'm familiar, with. familiar with right now. Well, but then, right sorry but then there's whole the whole side of replacing our dying or dead or diseased cells with healthy new cells. Yeah, cells. cells like taking out taking out skin cells or bone marrow cells or whatever differentiating on the in vivo or in vitro and putting them back into especially like a heart because it can't divide the cells can't divide and whenever you have a myocardial infarction sure they are, you yeah. have a bunch of dead Dead cardiomyocytes there. How do and how do we? The only treatment to me is we have to replace them if they're dead. They've got to be replaced, and so at some point you have to be able to put to get the uh, new cells synchronized and in the right place, which is which is almost impossible. I feel like right, but I can tell you
1: what they have done with this, and yeah. So or maybe are trying to do. We haven't actually talked specifically, but so in a lot of cancer cells, they are cancer cells because of epigenetics because something has been switched on that should have been off yeah, or vice versa. So a lot of the times, so what they'll do is cancer cells will turn off genes that will lead to apoptosis, which is this programmed cell death. So basically it's saying you can't kill me now because I turned off my kill me gene because every cell has like a panic button. Uh, that big red button, like do not press, but they do press it all the time. If there's, if they're going, if they're getting sick, and they can sense that, so cancer cells turn off the, the red button. They disconnect the the power. Yeah. <laughs> and so something that a lot of these drug targets have been looking at is to to this histone modification I was saying earlier. Yeah. To disrupt that process somehow, basically open up the genome more so that more genes are expressed. And while that would express, you know, probably more oncogenic, which yeah. is like more cancerous genes, but you're probably going to turn on a gene that leads to the cell death. Yeah. So that is a target, and that, that's interesting. I think that's shown to be a, at least slightly affected. But yeah.
2: Better than what we've got right now for most.
1: Probably. Cancer. And the, the problem, uh, one big problem with that is obviously that happens to every cell in your body. So it's not specific. Yeah. So, and the, 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 what they say is what they the hope is, you know, the cancer cells are more susceptible to death by this cause. Yeah. So your other cells should be okay.
2: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but would that
0: would, are... would be more susceptible to cancer in the future. But it's
2: kind of like sure. Yeah.
0: So I mean, I'm probably I'm yeah. I bet it would <laughs> because you're you have more genes open or
2: I mean, yeah. Like, you're
1: messing you're messing with the genetics of all of your cells. And that's that why. Certainly always. Cancer
2: causes Cancer is the most complicated disease we have i mean the thing is i think if we didn't have the fear of cancer we would have solved almost every single disease because the the problem or the solution to so many other diseases the fear (laughs) no no the fear of these solutions is that they'll cause cancer so we don't inject cardiomyocytes into into Mm -hmm. our hearts because we're afraid of a teratoma which is a complete differentiation of what every single type of cell, and it's just somewhere in your body. It's like it's a cancerous tumor, pretty much. And I think if we if we could ever solve cancer, that would every other domino would fall in real quick right after that.
1: And back to that's interesting to telomeres. Yeah, in in cancer cells, there they're a lot of them are never they don't ever die because they. Cause they yeah. They activate tel- telomerase. Telomerase, telomerase, telomerase. Telomerase. Thank you, <laughs> telomerase, which basically regenerates their yeah their telomeres. So, like some drugs are trying to target, some companies are trying to target telomeres. Uh, tel- say that telomerase. again, please. Tel- telomerase <laughs> <laughs> as a target for living longer. Yeah. Um, and you know. Maybe, maybe that is something to look at, but...
2: People, actually, there's like stupid companies that sell telomerase supplements oh, no. and does literally nothing.
1: But, but if it did do something, I'd be yeah. terrified because, I mean, the, the trade-off to that is, you know... Cancer yeah, everywhere. Cancer cells are immortal, but they're cancer. Yeah, like, they're can- <laughs> it's really cancer. <laughs> if you want to turn into a
2: cancer's blob, then go for it,
1: but it's, it's a scary thing.
2: <laughs> that really is. Did you, did you actually, both of you, did you hear about the guy uh, in Edmund who had like i think stage 4 lung cancer was given a very short amount of time to live and he took a dog dewormer and it saved his life
0: so i think you see, you, i, I <laughs> think i remember you saying something about that's that that's serious this is
2: like this is like a few weeks ago um i
0: remember you saying something about that but i don't
2: apparently I don't... it's kind of like a, a an underground not treatment but it's not an underground treatment but like some pe- it had cured someone who had said it on the internet and so he saw it i mean he, obviously he's desperate he's looking everywhere and so he tried it, and it worked. And now some scientists at OMRF are starting a program to study this dewormer. It's an anti-parasitic drug, so it's it it's fascinating because it targets. I think it targets the micro microtubules, which are involved in cell division. And it's obviously in cancer, you have an incredible amount of cell, cell division.
1: <laughs> so why haven't they looked at that before?
2: I don't know because it's in dogs. Like like it's like the whole idea that like metformin, like all these drugs that we have had. That have been effective in a certain disease, we don't even realize the mechanism behind them. Especially old oh, yeah. ones, we have all these old compounds that we never really knew the mechanism. We're like, oh, this kind of works. Let's throw it in people, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and now we're like, oh my gosh, this might be the the holy grail of medicine. With with when it comes to aging, we're delaying everything. But I think I think there's so many compounds that we don't understand that we can we could utilize because they obviously they're safe, and if people are using them. So, but I don't know. I they're just was than, wondering if you had heard about that. that it's a crazy story. Yeah, <laughs> everything's better than cancer. No, I
1: haven't heard about that, but that is fascinating.
2: Yeah. I don't know how... Well, it, I have
0: some dog dewormers here if you, anybody needs them.
2: Apparently, the guy's, like, just going to take on the rest of his life, like, like a Because logo's. he has to, or No, he's just, like, afraid, you know, like...
0: <laughs> if it comes back. Yeah. So, did it just kill everything? Like...
2: No, it, it, it targets cancer somehow. Somehow...
0: So he just like, oh, I have cancer. I'm gonna take I this, and then it just—he yeah. was the next week he was cured. I don't know how quick it okay. was or anything. <laughs> or but it was like, but oh, it, I took this, and now I'm cured. Yeah. And then he went to the doctor and said, hey, I don't need you anymore. I have this dog dewormer. Well,
2: now he's <laughs> now he's now he's a, a science experiment, you know, like oh, like every great. every doctor is watching him now. Yeah. <laughs> so, but it, it makes me wonder what is the the targeting mechanism that the whatever the dog dewormer is using to target the parasite. In the dog what is that mechanism and what target is it because it's obviously something expressed in on cancer cells if it's going straight to those cells
1: and but if it's if it is the microtubules which it might i mean I, I recognize like yeah kind of don't really know that for sure yeah for sure i but.
2: i know it's microtubules is the mechanism that it's using to it's deter deterring that but i'm wondering what what is targeting it to the cancer rather we mm-hmm. all all your cells have microtubules yeah that's what from. i'm saying like <laughs>
1: but it would probably be a cell that's dividing more more rapidly but, so that you would think it would target your skin cells as well and yeah like epithelial tissue a lot of things you wouldn't like you do want to make more yeah of, um but i mean i would rather have less skin cells than, than cancer. cancer lung cancer stage four yeah that,
2: so i don't know that that was a crazy story i think i think uh a lot's going to come out of that stuff. And I think...
0: Well, he's an Edmund. We're going to get him on.
2: <laughs> yeah, let's get him. He's an Edmund, so... <laughs> Dave, we're going to have you next week and uh, <laughs> we're going <gonna> to <laughs> bring this guy in. No, but I, I guess we could start talking about like other drugs, like the whole metformin craze. That sure, everyone's. I actually
1: have not... So I don't know the mechanism of metformin. I actually, t- so tell me, give me an overview. Explain like I'm five.
2: Oh, man, it's been a while. Since <laughs> I, wish I, could, I wish I could go off on this. As well as I could, like two months ago, because it's been a while since I've reviewed it all. Metformin use is used. I know it's used in diabetic patients. Um, dang it, I can't remember. It activates AMPK, and AMPK is somehow utilized in the insulin response. And mm. I, I honestly, I can't remember. You'd probably know better with the whole. I can't remember how diabetes is it, the mechanism behind diabetes.
1: So the only thing I know about the mechanisms of diabetes are from
0: your insulin turns off. <laughs>
1: well, actually, so type two diabetes would be you're just insulin resistant. So your insulin receptors—that's right. Either they're either they're tired, is something that I've heard a lot, or they're just con- congested, or they get stuck. Something bad happens to them, messes it up. Um, and then, but the other problems related to that we've learned a tiny bit about is really like insulin itself is can be converted into a lot of growth hormones yeah. and and things that cause inflammation and cancer. Yeah. So inflammation causes cardiovascular disease also. <laughs> yeah. So okay. so those things it, it's a nasty situation, but and and we don't really and the big thing is we don't really know what causes insulin resistance. Yeah. Besides if you always have high blood sugar cuz you're always eating, but that's not true for everyone. So
2: it's just really it's, it's a hard yeah. disease it's a hard <laughs> disease but it, it, super guess, common super yeah. common
1: hard disease
2: yeah but i guess the idea behind this whole drug was was that diabetic patients had been taking it and had been living and it, they had shown reduced uh all like all cause mortality in in hmm. just by a little bit because they're still diabetic patients but it prompted people to be like whoa, whoa, whoa what's going on like they should be dying Younger. like di-
0: diabetic patients there's some of the they have some of the hardest medical struggles after right once yeah, they're yeah. diagnosed right yeah so yeah, it's kind
2: of mind blowing why they're surviving to you know an average age and what why is there uh, well, it doesn't it didn't make sense to them so they start they're starting to, all these trials i think of the big trial's called tame or something and and they're just testing to see if normal humans can take this and cause them to live longer so I mean, imagine if if it works, what, okay in diabetic patients? What is it gonna do in a in a right. normal person? <laughs> so do you
1: know how this drug came about? Like, and how people started? Why people started?
2: I <laughs> I think so. I think it was like it was something with like goats and and <laughs> something with like goats and like. Madagascar or something, <laughs> something somewhere ridiculous, somewhere ridiculous. And this is a Sorry. plant. They were just in cool Madagascar. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> what I'm saying, I, you're if right. You're right. Shout out to <laughs> you. Uh, what is the what, what is the big uh, Africa? Easter, That's the Island. Easter Island. That's the big Island thing next to Madagascar. Where's Easter?
0: Are you talking about the Philippines?
2: I don't know. Anyways, it was a plant and these goats were like living longer. So like, well, let's just split this thing out. (laughs) And I think that's how it came about. I don't know. I think I feel like I heard it on a Tish show one time a long time ago. And and so they tested it out in in diabetic patients. And it had some it had something to do with the insulin resistance mechanism. And well, imagine
0: imagine if everybody was taking insulin, how much more expensive it would be. (laughs) that's a bit that's a completely different topic but
2: insulin should not be as expensive as it is but that's another yeah that's
0: we'll talk about that (laughs) another time but
2: uh i think the whole ampk thing is like it's activated whenever you're fasting so now there's this big group of people that are are doing like week-long fast because this light ampk this cyclic ampk activation seems to be really beneficial in autophagy so so um autophagy is where your cells pretty much eat themselves like kill themselves but it's the bad cells that get rid of themselves and then it's repl- replenished with good cells and um, like what i was saying with apoptosis That's, yeah 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 it's a, it's a similar yeah, mechanism apoptosis so, that actually packages up everything
1: so that it can be eaten yeah so it's a neat little
0: so i know that fasting like with dementia patient dementia patients has helped the, the longer the fasting. that's why. Um, I say it helped. There's been studies that it has helped. The longer you fast between yeah. your last meal and the first meal of the next day yeah. can really help. This like intermittent fasting. Yeah. Um, exercise uh, or being active, uh, consistency, um, consistent um, schedules, consistent uh, puzzles. Those, those kind of things help dementia patients. Um, so I don't know if those, I mean, obviously I being active helps a lot, yeah. uh, in most facets of everyone's life, mm-hmm. um, maybe not like intense training, but being active, getting your heart rate up, um, fasting and I don't know about a week long. I mean, that seems like a long time, but I was eating three times a day. Is that a societal thing <laughs> or a cultural thing? <laughs>
2: yes yeah one thousand percent there's no way like humans a thousand years ago could eat three times a day
1: <laughs> as, as long as you're mal, not malnourished so if you have your essential nutrients which a lot of people don't have a problem with anyways but there are people that have a genetic problem where they don't retain it as well or they so I mean, I mean a lot of problems. people those people take vitamins right but um, but yeah if you if you take the vitamins and you are probably okay as long as you don't have something Some people need to take a lot of certain vitamins Mm -hmm. to have any effect. Um, But if if you're on top of that and you're managing it, there shouldn't be a problem if you have the fat stored
0: too fast. Yeah. Uh, So I could fast for a long (laughs) time. I'm coming for you, Jesus. Forty days, forty nights. (laughs) (laughs) No, someone, a man actually. There's a case study that I've read. Yeah.
1: (laughs) He fasted for over a year. He was. It was back in the. Was it this on a thousand pound life or whatever?
0: No, no. It was
2: back when experiments were like crazy. It was
1: decades ago. Um, You could find this paper if you just Google "man who fasted for over a year." Yeah. (laughs) Wasn't Gandhi?
2: (laughs) He lost like all all his fat, and he was way overweight or something. They just well, Mm -hmm. they gave him like water, obviously, and water. They they gave him vitamins and minerals. (laughs) Uh, And but that that's mind blowing. Like apparently, like. Did they say this at school about how he like lost all of his weight, but he didn't have the loose skin like like most people that do that do?
1: I I didn't learn about this in med school. I actually oh, just okay. read the paper on my own because we were talking because we talk about stuff like yeah, this all the yeah, time. All the time. <laughs> <laughs> but I've seen it around and like people are skeptical. But I mean, I mean, it's it's as good as any other data that we. I mean, have. it makes I mean, sense. <laughs> the the paper The paper has you know. It's it's peer reviewed. There are multiple researchers on the project. It shows pictures of the guy before and after. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's it's, it's like fascinating. I think it looks really legitimate. Yeah. And his, I think they a show real they took some of his it. numbers. And yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was it was a team.
2: I mean, it makes sense. Like, it. We don't need to be eating as much as we do. We it is completely a societal thing. And I'm not going to stop eating a lot because I just don't want to. But, mm. <laughs> but. <laughs> But this idea that we have to eat all the time and it's healthy to eat all the time is not Three squares real. meals
0: a day, yeah. Or, yeah. Have breakfast breakfast every, is, breakfast, most imp- breakfast breakfast is, is most
2: probably the least important meal of the day. <laughs> What's well, amazing you how what? much
0: we're learning, like
2: diet my and nutrition. Always,
0: my parents always told me that you know back in the fifties and sixties, you know they thought you know smoking, you know it's not that bad. Like in some cases, people thought it was good for you. Yeah. Now that I mean, obviously, (laughs) we're finding out that it is extremely bad for you. Yeah. Um, but it's amazing how much we're learning, and I feel like that's almost an easy like after the fact. I mean, I guess hindsight's always twenty twenty, but from being born so much after smoking is like so dumb. Yeah. Um, but for other people, is like, oh, I'm gonna smoke because I can, and it people they didn't know the bad effects of it. Well. And we're learning like they even what was it people said eggs were really bad was it they said eggs were really bad for you <laughs>
1: they
2: and now really they're saying, bad for you. yeah, yeah it, nutrition it's is literally
1: every other day you see you'll see a study <laughs> eggs are the worst thing ever eggs are the best thing ever
2: salt is terrible salt is great you have to have salt yeah so, <laughs> so it doesn't make sense I don't know nutrition is one of the most BS uh, <laughs> research topics area because you can literally just search for what you want to find and you are going to find it there's too many variables you can look up you can have you can say oh all these people eat red meat and they're unhealthy well let's say red meat's bad for you and it's it's complete trash because we don't know how they're living we don't want to know what else they're eating we they could be smoking they probably they don't maybe they don't run or maybe people who eat more red meat are just in general lazier people <laughs> like there's so many variables that we don't don't apply when it comes to nutrition research and it's it's mostly bogus so sorry nutrition people get your crap together <laughs> well I, this is not about nutrition people but something do you guys ever talk
1: conspiracy theories a little bit
0: not on podcast but we can <laughs> I mean
1: on the podcast but I mean this is not like a really bad one but the food pyramid is actually made was not made by any like nutritional company it was made by the um, agriculture industry uh whatever whatever that's that oh my gosh the yeah. government agency the agriculture yeah actually came department up with of agriculture food, thank you, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> department <laughs> of agriculture came up with the food pyramid so, so they so, were a little biased well there was just they put grains way down yeah i can we make a lot of grains let's put those <laughs> biggest <laughs> we need the most grains so that we sell the most grains because that's what we make the most of like uh, So it doesn't go to waste. There were a few things they had right, like yeah, you shouldn't eat a lot of processed sugar. So put that at the very top. Yeah. Um, But but like what there what evidence suggested that grains are good for you? Yeah. Like I don't think there was any. I think it was just we have a lot of it, and and it is great for societally. Grain is a good thing because it feeds a lot of people. Start hung exactly. Most of world hunger. (laughs) Very few people die of starvation in the United States. They do. I don't think like anyone does unless they're. They Unless there's something, something wrong. Else. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that's obviously great. But anyway, that, that was my soapbox about the food
0: pyramid Dude, I and why be- people think. I kind
1: of believe that. like, It's true. I mean, the Department of Agriculture did come up with the food
2: pyramid. Yeah. Wasn't there some like also the –
0: Ron Swanson pyramid some, becoming uh, a man.
2: <laughs> one of the presidents in the 60s or 70s or something pushed all these new – Processed foods because it was cheaper and it was like oh this is the healthier solution and it's literally just terrible. Just for garbage. I would believe humans. that as well. <laughs> yeah, but also like when it comes to nutrition, think about how many people think fat is bad for you. Like yeah, when it's arguably the best possible nutrient you can have.
1: <laughs> okay, I un- I understand now a little bit why they think it's bad for you.
2: Okay, what well, what's the reasoning? It,
1: it's kind of. Because dietary cholesterol, uh, because cholesterol, they, they think, it is, a, they, you do uptake cholesterol in your intestines. Yeah. And, and other fats, so all your triglycerides and everything, and it's all correlated with your LDLs and HDLs, your cholesterol, which is also highly correlated with uh, cardiovascular disease. Yeah. So I, that's fine and good. I understand that. And they found that when people switch to plant-based diets, for some people, that helps. Yeah. Not for... I wouldn't Everyone. even say it's for most people.
2: But but is it the plant based diet that's helping, or the fact they were eating just complete trash before that? Could be um, <laughs> just could, a one eighty.
0: Could yeah. be that they're
1: not even that they're not even digesting. They're not uptaking any fat at all. So, and that's this problem with your intestines is just like it doesn't actually matter if you eat fat fats or not because the only way you secrete those those triglycerides those cholesterols is through your intestines through your uh, liver into your intestines that makes bile and then you can secrete that. And that's how you get rid of those cholesterols. But a lot of it is, re- is taken back up in the intestines. Yeah. Um, and if you eat plants, you can block those receptors with the fat the fatty-like substances in plants. So that's one possible mechanism for that. But that doesn't work for everyone because people still make
2: – Make, it, make tri-
1: it. Like you make uh, cholesterol. Like your liver makes it and it's important. Yeah. Um, so it's a, it's just a weird thing I, so I sort of on one hand I understand where that's coming from but if you look at the data it doesn't seem
2: yeah the data is not it's like the same thing to me it's like the amyloid well it's just because it's like every, people, person well, uh, yes, <laughs> every person is different well yes every person is different but this it comes back to the whole amyloid thing like we've cleared out the amyloid plaques but it doesn't work because it's not really what's going on what I mean, yeah. and people who go on on uh why, whenever our sugar consumption increase, our carbohydrates increase. Why are there? Why are we seeing so much more cardiovascular disease and exactly. LDLs?
1: Because and more, yeah, more LDLs. And yeah, that's, that's the thing. It's like
2: it's more correlated with with carbs and sugar than it is with fat. With fat, which no people don't understand. Like, exactly. like you see on the labels, zero fat. <laughs> it's like yeah, because candy. Yeah, <laughs> it's zero fat. Sour they, patch like- <laughs> kids. <laughs> no Thank <bad>. goodness. Ooh. <laughs> I was really
0: worried about the fat when I ate those bag of Sour Patch Kids. Yeah.
1: <laughs> but can I, sorry, this is a slightly off topic, but my dad doesn't eat fat in his diet. Really, like that's like the diet he goes on. He's pretty fit. Yeah, um, he is. <laughs> but and I think that's a different mechanism, though. I really think it's just that fat gets caught up in your intestine. Like uh, it's it's slower to digest. Yeah. Uh, and I could be totally off on this one. I I'll admit I'm out of my. Out of, out of my base here. <laughs> yeah. But there is evidence to suggest that fat is slower to digest. And I think that could possibly lead to just your intestines taking up more nutrients from your food that gets stuck behind it. But – That makes sense. But that's my only – that, and I only say that because my dad, that no-fat fat diet seems to work for him. And that just could be one weird phenotype. But yeah. it, the whole thing is totally – that's mind blowing. Yeah.
2: That's why nutrition's impossible. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> right there. My dad eats lots of carbs.
0: A, but it's a huge industry. I mean a huge look industry. how many dietary plans there are, or people selling meals and saying this will make you lose weight.
2: Yeah, here's the dietary plan. Just eat normal, healthy foods and not, <laughs> not <laughs> McDonald's. Yeah, no McDonald's, and you're gonna yeah. be fine.
1: And that's the that's true for most people.
2: And exercise. Yeah. And exercise, yeah, always exercise. I'm glad
0: I'm preaching on this, guys. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, something else I wanted to talk about was when you were talking about people that smoke because they, they didn't know in the 50s and 60s, but they knew by the 80s that smoking was bad for you, and a lot of people still did. Even like pulmonologists, and I was listening That's to a, so to a story of a guy whose dad was a pulmonologist in the 80s, and he said his dad would smoke. He would be like looking at X-rays, like you know, who <laughs> come back from looking at all these you know or even
0: black lungs
1: dissecting exactly they knew they knew what it caused but it was just like these other like they they knew but they still chose to do the bad thing Uh, the risky behavior what we would technically call it so that's something that we're concerned about a lot in medicine now is
0: people doing it even if they don't care exactly well they
1: they know but like why what's stopping them then from
2: Risk versus reward. Changing. Am I gonna? Am I gonna go on a completely super healthy diet for the rest of my life to add two years? <laughs> I,
0: or die in a car accident next week?
1: Cool. Yeah. And then that's um getting into kind of addiction and motivation is like we have these stages of, of change that that people go through. That I mean, they're not like this is not science. This is not hard science. Yeah, I should say soft um, science. <laughs> we look down on. But, um, <laughs> But so that, that science just says that you know some people are in this stage where they don't care. They know the risk but they don't care. Um, why? I don't know. But then people usually, it's almost not worth
0: the effort for a lot of people.
1: Well yeah, and then, but then other some like sometimes they'll move into a state where they're thinking about it, like, you know what? I can't do all the things I want to do because I'm doing this behavior. Um, and then eventually that might lead into they make a plan. And then they change and then then they maintain and then they relapse, basically. And hmm. that those are like the steps and that they'll go through over and over again for a lot of people when they're, yeah. when they're trying to change a behavior. Um so it's just like that, that can be applied to almost any any Anything? aspect of your life. Like <laughs> yeah. why am I not studying? You know, and like for a while you're like, I don't care, I'm not studying the test not for two weeks. Yeah. And then you're like, wait a second. I need to be studying and then yeah. you plan to study then you study and then you can either relapse into not studying or you can
0: keep push going. through. Push through.
2: Yeah. It's kind of like the uh,
0: That's just human behavior.
2: It's almost like motivation. Uh, now I'm really out of it. It is motivation. Science. It's, it's like, totally motivation. It's like yeah. motivation is almost this positive feedback loop. So if you're really motivated and like okay it's like this would Jordan be a great could, topic for Chance, honestly. <laughs> really? Yeah, yeah, yeah he's read a lot about motivation and how it's he is motivated. Yeah, like, he's the most motivated. Well, he says it's bullcrap, but
0: really motivate like a motivational speaker. Talk about it. Yeah. Well, would, a motivational well, yes, speaker. Yeah, no, or like he's like saying, "I motivate you to do this." But no, it's only in, 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 <laughs> in two in two days. You're not gonna be motivated anymore. Yeah, that yeah. kind of you can that, feel
2: fired up, but but like what is, until hard change is like Jordan Peterson always says something about like clean clean your room like do the simplest thing you possibly can right at the beginning of the day that way you've actually accomplished something instead of just leaving and not doing anything all day. If once you've once you've accomplished something you've kind of got this ball rolling like okay I'll come into my room I'm I'm feeling good it's a productive day let's go study. <laughs> let's go let's go lift weights like
0: <laughs> So there's a YouTuber that I watch I won't give his name cuz it some, isn't me. What? Is it me? No, no, no. <laughs> anyways, uh, he he was giving, he just vlogs, but his other channels are, anyways, it doesn't matter. Uh, he talked about, like, just do the simple things in the beginning, kind of to that. Yeah. Like, okay, tomorrow I'm going to accomplish, or I have this long list, let me do the easy things the first day. I'll do the, uh, I just need to do one thing every day, whether it's to make myself better or to accomplish something. Yeah and just do that one thing then that day was successful and then the next day you do one thing and focus on that
2: yeah I. what do they tell you in like med school about changing behaviors I've heard always heard like the whole like it takes like now I can remember if it's 60 or 90 days until like you have a strong behavioral like habit habitual change in your like routine and what you're doing maybe it can be applied to to addiction I'm really thinking of like because when I used to be really into working out and stuff, I would think of it as like, okay, I'm going to work out five days a week and it's really hard to do it at first. But then say yeah. you've done it, mm-hmm. you've stuck to this yeah. routine for 90 days, like it's life at that point. Like It's a routine you're yeah. done, yeah. <laughs> so that, I mean, we haven't talked about that necessarily. Yeah.
1: Something we have talked about is you can't change someone who doesn't want to change.
2: Can't so Can't make the... Horse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can lead the horse to
1: water. So when you're like a lot of doctors, when they're interviewing a patient now, if they ask about smoking. No one's going to say, you know, it's really bad for you. Yeah, because like, that's just not effective. Some of them might still, but most of them We're are going nice. to say, "Have you ever thought about quitting?" Yeah. Um, and then th- then let them talk to you and say, "So what do you know like about health risks, or to you or your family or whatever?" And then listen to what they say and like you move on. Like you say, okay, if you want to, if you want change and you want to help. You want some help? Then I then reach out and I'll help you. Yeah. These are the steps, um,
0: and these are the, and then they lead into the right. steps of what they're going to do.
1: Yeah, like, but it's mostly them that's gonna that they're gonna change it. You're not gonna change someone, really. Um, I think is the I'll bottom line. So, yeah. so my but,
0: doctor said thirty days was the thirty
1: so, days. I see. I don't remember.
0: So when I was years, when so I was gosh. younger, I hated vegetables, but he was like, okay, choose one vegetable that you're going to eat every day. Like you don't have to eat a lot of it, but just eat yeah. some of it. And by thirty days, you'll want like you can have that vegetable and it'll taste fine to you. Yeah, that was his thing. It was. Did it sh- no, not really. <laughs> <laughs> but I didn't stay. I didn't stay on <laughs> it for thirty days. Okay. It was broccoli. It was like eat broccoli every day for thirty days, and you'll love broccoli in thirty days. But,
1: and that's the, that's
0: the. But I mean, didn't stick to it. The so, same
1: point because like, I hate broccoli. You didn't stick to it, so it doesn't matter how long. I eat more vegetables now, like, though, guys. Yeah, if
0: you're yeah. concerned at home, I eat more vegetables now. Uh, I, I hope you're concerned. I hope you're not concerned. Uh, <laughs> but, I mean, I don't know if that was... Because I ate broccoli for 20 days or whatever, but his his timeline was 30 days. Um. So I don't know if that was... I don't know if that's science or what. Yeah, but.
2: It's I don't think it's science. I think it's a... I mean, I believe it because... We get, we're humans that get into routine. Everything we do is routine. When, I mean, well, it we makes our lives? eating earlier. Three days, three meals a day. That's a routine. That, yeah. that's a, that,
0: I mean, routines make our lives a thousand times easier. Yes. Exactly. we make. So, this was another... My dad talked to me about this a lot. And I might have even mentioned it before. But you make thousands of decisions every day. Yeah. You don't realize it. You make thousands of decisions every day. Make a couple decisions when you... Like, before the week, you start and say, okay, his example was church. Not to get off on religion, but his was, every week you're going to decide when you wake up, am I going to go to church? Yeah. And he said, just decide right now, are you going to go to church or not for the rest of, like, for this next month or year or for the rest of your life? Yeah. So, he said, just make the decision now so you don't have to make it when you wake up. Yeah,
2: yeah, and it's like like, back to church, like, it was really hard. Or it was hard to go to church after freshman year. When freshman year, whenever I was never never wanted to go, it was like easy to skip. Now, like it's hard. It's hard to skip because it's my routine. routine. Yeah,
0: <laughs> and so making that decision early on, yeah, matters.
1: Yep, and and that could be lead back to motivation by saying once you have a routine, you no longer need motivation to do it. Yeah, exactly. But and and conversely, you might need motivation not to do it. Yeah, if it's something. If it's a routine like smoking. Bad, yeah, um, like you probably. You're probably motivated to start smoking, by something.
2: Yeah, someone in peer pressure. Yeah. Peer pressure. <laughs> I don't.
1: I don't know if it's peer pressure. I mean, it could be anything. It could be depression. You know. Yeah. But then, yeah. Uh, or anxiety.
2: Yeah.
0: Or fitting in, or whatever. And I guess sure. that could be the other, those other two. But. But it's something all something motivated you to do that.
2: That could lead back to uh, well, motivation. Why do you think people? I don't know. I feel like I'm pretty motivated and do a lot of. <laughs> crap every day Why? why don't I don't ever understand why people don't do anything like like why do people well why do people just want to sit and watch TV all day like what? what is the hey watch what you say <laughs> <laughs> because
0: they're motivated I don't know
1: that's something we're talking about in med school too
2: really what are they saying because it's like always bothered me like I don't want to it drives me crazy to sit down at at home and not do anything and watch TV or I mean I sort of like and play Xbox all like playing xbox now just because i can play with friends like the social aspect yes like i was after taking the mcat and stuff i was like what am i gonna do with my life now so i went and bought bought code academy and now i just go home and learn how to code after work every sure. day like it just blows my mind that like how do people not get bored
1: and so the the lucky thing about going into medicine as a career is i don't actually have to to know necessarily why they're not i mean yeah probably help if i if i could know which would be an impossible problem yeah that would help because i could maybe fix it but what we like try to focus on thinking about is just like think about other things that might be causing this so this person is different from you um and like why might that be so maybe something really bad happened to them yeah that has led to depression which has led to lack of motivation which has led to them sitting on the couch all the time and then those problems kind of compound or whatever like the, the person is a the person misses their appointment because they don't have a car because they're poor because they're an immigrant because they have three kids and they were not safe somewhere else Yeah. Um, and not that doesn't really solve the problem it doesn't solve the problem of people not being motivated and not showing up for their appointments but maybe you can help work with them through that to try to get them on the right path Um, yeah or if nothing else at least you don't treat them with disdain
2: yeah um
0: because so understanding their situation will help you be nicer well
1: i mean it's all about it and that can't that could actually hurt because what if they didn't have anything bad happen to them and they're just lazy um i think the point is just like not to make assumptions i guess not to say this person is fat because they're lazy you know yeah. Um, yeah, because then you're not gonna treat them the same as you're gonna. I
0: hate that you looked at me when you said that. <laughs> <laughs>
2: well, we know you're not lazy. Yeah, we. That, I I feel
1: like I could use that because you are a motivated person. You're not lazy at all. You do more than I do. I mean, <laughs> look at you, like doing this podcast. I never yeah. would have mustered the motivation to start up a podcast. Well,
0: I got it because Keaton wanted to do it. So you're turning red. Awesome. I think I'm embarrassing you. I'm not. I'm just but, um, it, yeah, it's so but it just goes that, back to the point that every person is different. I mean, it is, it is, and I'm are, actually gonna, like
2: say like say something. About it. it is very interesting that like it's almost like the most motivated people have had something terrible happen to yeah. them, but the least motivated people have also had something terrible happen. So where is the divergence in the response to to this? Uh, just that like go getter attitude, I, would I think.
0: I mean,
1: which
2: would,
0: why, I don't want why. I almost want to say, like, attitude? victimhood, but I don't know if that's...
2: No, but victimhood is not... I mean, it's a real thing, but it's like, why do they fall into it? Like, there's there's something before that... Well, is
0: there those people that are... So this happened to me, it sucks, and I want people to feel sorry for me. And there's those people, this sucks, I'm going to do something about it. Yeah. Those two separate... I don't know if those are both valid, but...
2: but why? <laughs> well... well,
0: I mean, that could be
1: there's something. genetic. They're... Yeah. Um, could be... Social support, or cult, like, what you value as a culture. So yeah. If you value spending time with them friends and family, and like just hanging out and stuff. I mean, that sounds really kind of <laughs> mean. Not all culture. I, mean, I don't know.
2: Cult- cultures, different cultures value different things.
1: Sure. If you value, if you don't really value career success, uh, like, like like Americans uh, do. Asian <laughs> Asian cultures, like, yeah, yeah, A lot of Asian cultures are really really like Indians for example. Yeah. There's a lot of Indian people that their parents are like, "Yeah, you're going to you're going to be an engineer or a doctor." Like, and that's you that's your set. That's what you're doing. Yeah. Um whereas like my parents were like, "Do whatever you want. Do whatever yeah. makes you happy." Even yeah. though they did want me to be successful, they didn't they knew or in their minds it was more important to be happy which that's, is a cultural value. Yeah. Um so if you're if that is your understanding of the world and like what your culture motivates and you say, I would rather just be happy than make a hundred thousand dollars a year. Exactly. Then, then when something really bad happens to me and I can just, there's a, there's definitely utilization to complaining and saying, I'm really sad this happened to me because then other people see that and they come help you. Social support. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So if you want social support more than you want to be successful, and for that bad thing to change then maybe it's more beneficial for you to not respond that way and i'm sure that's not the only factor yeah that's just yeah. one example
2: oh that makes sense
0: but i mean like those cultures i mean say you put your, your you view your your job as i'm successful based on what i have like my job yeah right. those yeah, people exactly. are more likely exactly. to put in more hours to
1: career success versus you
2: want kids yeah or or being with your family or whatever social things i i mean i agree with everything you guys just said but i don't know i it still just like blows my mind that there's such a differentiation and in responses to adverse events i guess
0: well, I mean it sounds like it all comes to how almost how you were raised culturally.
2: Yeah, it's gotta be it's gotta be a societal or not even a societal, but like maybe a family thing. What do you saw growing up? Like maybe how motivated, like you said, how your parents pushed you or how motivated maybe sure. your parents were like, Oh, okay, I wanna yeah. be like that.
0: So my parents when I was younger, they said you need to go to college to get a good paying job. That was just their obviously opinion. Um and they also said if you want to keep up the lifestyle and have the things that we have, you need to get a good job. Yeah. Then that was kind of that focus of what's a good paying job? What should I focus on? Yeah. And then other things fell into place of like being confident in math and science. So
2: Yeah, yeah so it's So that, I mean if if it was like get a good
0: paying job and I wasn't good in math and science, then Business. how would I have yeah. How would yeah. you circumvent yeah. come that and I don't know if that's relevant, but
1: you I think you would have found a high-paying job didn't require you to do math and science. Yeah, Which is pop,
0: but because you were just your family oh, yeah, led. My family yeah, like led we could, me that we way.
2: Made a podcast like it's an entrepreneurship gene almost. <laughs> but <laughs> well, I think it's interesting. Like for me, money isn't. I want to be wealthy and successful, but it's not like the be all and all. I would rather be in a field like science that is much lower paying than than uh being a medical doctor. But have this unlimited glass ceiling there's no there's no ceiling there's no end to the potential it's a low potential of being uber successful but the idea of the climb to get to that point is more exciting than getting in just being a complacent so super successful rich person burn
1: huh? so oh, <laughs>
2: no a complacent super successful no, rich no, person no, no, no. <laughs> I, not complacent but it's like <laughs> it's like I don't know seeing my dad is just a duck like he's he's been an ER doctor his whole life like ER there, doctors yeah. are ER doctors like there's
1: an idea of settling even if it's settling for something atta- like that is high, you yeah. would really want
2: like- yes like it's the pinnacle of our society pretty much but
0: <laughs> so my thought is I want to make enough money where I don't really have to worry about it yeah I don't have to with paycheck to paycheck and then the other aspect is buy things that I want so that I can have fun and just not be limited in my activities yeah. basically. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And safety. Oh. I mean, you're safe with money is security. Yes.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so that security lets me do a podcast or go hang out with friends every weekend if I wanted to, or whatever. Yeah. So Absolutely. that's that's my thought on that.
1: And retire.
0: Retire, yeah. Never. I would like to retire at 50 so I can play video games. I don't want to retire, so games,
2: want to retire either. Let's no go. We See, we're both motivated. Okay,
0: well, I'm the opposite. I want to retire I so back, I can I so back. I can play video games.
2: <laughs> I take back what I said about doctors. That sounded bad. <laughs> it was. Well, I hate doctors. I didn't so. think you meant it that no, way. No, I didn't no, actually it take it that way. Okay. <laughs> I knew exactly
1: what you meant, but I just yeah. thought it was funny. Yeah, yeah. Okay.
0: <laughs> uh, any closing thoughts? Or was that your closing thoughts?
2: That's my closing my thoughts. My closing
1: thoughts.
0: Did you want to say anything?
2: Oh,
1: yeah. Actually,
0: I think... Is there anything yeah, we, we talked about, about? Yeah. Okay. Good. Sorry.
1: With uh, that motivation, like your culture. So, if there's something that I could change about society, if you gave me a magic wand, it would be for every culture to value health. Yeah. And if they did, yeah. I guarantee we wouldn't need doc- as many doctors.
2: Health and really? with health comes follows wealth. I think. A lot. A lot of things, but.
0: Well, I mean, if you have health, success. you have. Uh, that's, That's another hard. thing of security if I have good health and I don't have to worry about that I'm secure in that I can do other things.
1: Sure. But if my parents had told me that the most important thing they wanted for me was not to be happy but to be healthy, I mean I I might not be as happy but I probably would be healthier. No, I don't know. <laughs> I, think I think health
2: <laughs> health like creates this like like I said positive feedback loop of uh happiness and motivation like like if you are healthier you have this energy to do things and and right and I don't know i i completely agree with with wishing health over pretty much anything else maybe yeah, i'm I'd not say, saying
1: take it over everything but yeah just add it in there yeah like i very also important, want you to be healthy i want yeah, you to, yeah. to have these good habits and routines that yeah you know make you make some sacrifices but are gonna help you yeah in the long run
0: yeah okay well thanks for coming down dave dave Came all the way from uh, another state to be on the podcast. I wonder if you could guess state. which one. <laughs> it's not on his chest. It's cool. <laughs> <laughs> That's my favorite state, Coup, dude. Uh, but thanks for thanks for coming down. Thanks for being on. Thanks for having uh, me. Good luck in med school. I know. How many weeks have you been in? Uh, Three? S- uh, seven? Six. Six, six? Wow. Six? Thanks. Time Army has been knows, flying. He um,
2: knows more than all of us combined.
0: That's not true. I'm a genius. <laughs>
1: uh, <laughs> I'm going to look back on this and cringe In four In years curse. and think I'm an idiot I already, an idiot. I already that. think you're an idiot so <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: but like I said thanks Dave for coming down um, and being on here enlightening us with your medical knowledge and hopefully you look back and say "Wow, I'm glad I went four years of med school because I was dumb or <laughs> I didn't know very much and
1: I really don't I wrote down a list of things that I do know a little bit about so we could stay within my lines
2: yeah but everyone you'll never know we'll never know everything exactly. <laughs> always hopefully that list gets longer unlimited but rabbit hole. it will get
0: longer that's the point of school yeah. um, but like I said thanks for coming on uh, don't forget to like and subscribe follow us on all our socials uh, if you made it this far oh think about making t-shirts and maybe doing a giveaway a gift card giveaway oh, or something I um, I hope I can win. Sure. you win that. every every week by coming on the show <laughs> <laughs>
3: I don't Uh, have any plugs.
0: What? I don't have any plugs. Follow David at Facebook uh, that he never gets on. But anyways, (laughs) thank you guys so much, and uh, we're going to end it here.